Today's reading comes from Luke chapter 11, verses 5 to 13. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or, if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Morning everybody, uh, it's great to be with you. Uh, my name's Stuart Browning and I'm one of the associate vicars here. In these three weeks of September, we are going through a little mini-series of sermons called In This Season. Uh, we're looking at topics that are particularly important and particularly pertinent for us uh, as a church family at the moment. And the topic that we are looking at this morning is prayer in particular, petition, asking God to provide. Prayer is one of those odd things. Um, it is, uh, at the same time, both one of the easiest things we'll ever do and one of the very, very hardest. It's something that we can grow in and mature in and get better at, and yet at the same time, uh, we never quite master it and sometimes it feels as if we have to relearn it in every season of life and even sometimes it feels like we have to relearn it every single day, every single morning as we come before the Lord. Most of us I think have some sense of the great uh, privilege and importance of prayer and yet at the same time most of us I think struggle to prioritise it in our lives in the way that we would like to. Well, I take great consolation uh, from the fact that I think Jesus knew, he knew that we would need constant encouragement and constant motivation to be able to pers persist in prayer. And our passage today um, for Luke, from Luke chapter 11, um, uh, comes just after Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. We call it often the Lord's Prayer. And as we'll see, um, Jesus doesn't just stop there after teaching them what to pray. He goes on, he goes on to teach them why to pray. He goes on to talk about why it's so important to continue in prayer. He knew what many of us have discovered uh, personally, that developing a lifelong habit of persistent prayer is much harder than it first sounds. And so we're going to be looking at our passage today. We're going to be seeing three things that Jesus highlights. Um, three things that we need to have 
deep conviction about um, if we want to persist in prayer and if we want to learn to be asking with audacity, as the title of this talk um, says. Now, prayer is always important, um, so it's fair to ask, why is this a word for us in season? Well, a couple of reasons um, I think that. The first one is, I just think that God is putting prayer on the map for us as a church at the moment. It's something the Holy Spirit is doing among us. I just keep having conversations with people um, about all kinds of different parts of the church, people saying, it feels like God's been speaking to me about prayer. And so we just want to get on the back of that and to see what God will do among us as we press into this. The other reason why I think this is important for us is, is very simple. We need to be persisting and pressing into asking God to provide for us a new vicar. Uh, Rupert, who has been our vicar for the last 17 years, um, was installed as the new vicar of uh, St Michael's Chester Square in London um, a week and a half ago and it was a joyous occasion and we are so grateful for him and the Charkhams over the last 17 years. But now in this new season looking forward for us, it is one of the most important things um, uh, for us that God brings uh, to us a godly leader, someone who is God-fearing, evangelical, spirit-filled, a man or woman who God has called to lead this place and who has God's vision for us and for this family. And we can't be complacent about that. We need to be praying about that. We need to be pressing in and asking God to call the person um, that he wants to lead us here. So I hope that as we look at these three convictions that Jesus highlights about why we should pray, how we should pray, um, I hope it will help us in our general prayer life as we pray for other things. But I'm also calling us into a new season of prayer and praying specifically for uh, God to bring us a new vicar. So before we dive in, why don't we pray to start? That seems appropriate, doesn't it? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you did teach your disciples to pray and not only what to pray, but you, you, you taught them why. Lord, you spoke to them about the things they need to know to persist in prayer. And we, we want to be a praying people too. And so as we look at this passage this morning, will you speak to us, encourage us, help us, um, that we would be a praying people. Amen. Amen. So grab the passage uh, if you haven't got it up on a phone or in front of you in a Bible. So after Jesus, as I said, after Jesus uh, teaches his disciples what to pray in the form of the Lord's Prayer, he follows this with a little parable. He tells them a little story about a man who goes late at night uh, to hammer on the door of his friend's house. And in this story, we find three things we need to take to heart if we're going to persist in prayer. First one is this. We need to be convicted of our need. We need to be convicted of our need. The man in Jesus' story knew his need. He had urgency to ask because he understood what he lacked. 
I think it can be hard for us to identify with this man in the story and how desperate he is. After all, for, for many of us, um, if there isn't a loaf of bread uh, in the house, there is often lots of other kind of carbs, you know, whether it be dried pasta or some leftover couscous or half a bag of rice or something like that. So it might be hard for some of us to connect with the desperation of this man about not having any bread. So I've been thinking, uh, of a, is there a parallel um, that might help us understand some of this man's desperation and urgency? So I want you to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine uh, your girlfriend or your boyfriend, um, th their, their parents are coming to town to visit. Uh, you've been dating for six months now. Um, it's been going really, really well. And that big day comes um, when the parents are coming to visit. And if you're honest, you're a little bit terrified and you really, really want to make a good impression. And so the day is approaching and it comes, uh, it's coming up. And then horror of horrors, at the last minute, uh, they found out that their Airbnb booking has been cancelled. And so there's a discussion and it's agreed that they will come and stay at your house. At your house, your girlfriend or boyfriend's little flat is tiny, no spare room. Um, you've got a spare room. It's decided. Then the day comes. The evening comes. They come down and you have a wonderful evening. It seems to go really well. Have a great meal out. And then, um, and then it draws to the end of the evening and you and, th and them head back to your house and it, it seems fine. They've gone to their room, they're in bed, they're settling down for the night and you just breathe a sigh of relief. It's gone really well, that's fantastic. And then you see something that makes your stomach curdle. Then you see something that just, just makes your blood go cold. You are totally out of loo paper. You are totally out of loo paper. Now here's my question for you. What lengths would you go to? What lengths would you go to? How far would you go to procure one roll of loo paper before 8 a.m. the next morning when the parents get up and head to the bathroom? How far would you drive? <laughs> you know, uh, how long would you hammer on a friend's door? How much would you pay for just one roll of loo, even half a roll? of loo paper could try and save some face and embarrassment. Perhaps this is all a little bit too close to the bone after the recent shortages. The first thing that we have to notice in this passage is that this man was desperate. And that is what drives his asking. And the thing is that just like getting up in the middle of the night and hammering on the door, Prayer is often inconvenient, time-consuming, emotion-draining, sometimes even embarrassing. And the truth is that we probably won't ever be more than fair-weather prayers. Um, and we certainly won't persist in prayer if we don't know our need. If we don't know our need. If I'm honest, and you'll have to forgive me for saying this, but one of the reasons I think some of us pray so little, and I include myself in this at times, 
is simply because we're too comfortable. On the one hand, uh, we feel that most of our day-to-day -day material needs are net, are, are, are met, and we don't feel desperate about those. And on the other hand, we are comfortably blind to those deeper, more important things, our spiritual needs, um, uh, the, the things that God cares about in this world, the advancing of his kingdom, and sometimes the needs of others. And the truth is that comfortable people don't tend to persist in prayer. But I want to say, if, if you identify with that, it doesn't have to be that way. If we want to pray, to really pray and to keep praying, the first thing that we can do is ask God to give us a burden for prayer. We can ask God for a clearer sense of his priorities and our real needs. Campbell Morgan, in his little book on prayer, um, writes this. He writes, The Spirit desires that we should know his sorrow, and if we ask him, he will share it with us. The Spirit desires that we should know his sorrow, and if we ask him, he will share it with us. We sometimes sing, don't we, something very similar in that song with the line, uh, break my heart for what breaks yours. And that is, that is a brave prayer to pray honestly. Break my heart for what break yours, breaks yours. But it's a good prayer. And it's a prayer that leads to more prayer. Lord, show me how you see things. Show me the real needs in this world, my own and those around me. Share your heart with me that I would pray. It's a good prayer because until we are convicted of our need, we won't be convinced of the need to pray. That's the first thing. The next thing we need to be convicted of is we need to be confident that he can provide. We need to be confident that the Lord can provide. Bill Hybels, in his now slightly dated but still really, really helpful and straightforward book on prayer, shares a turning point in his own prayer life. He writes this, One day, when watching the waves, I realised that the problem in my prayer life was that in my heart I didn't believe that God could do anything about the messes around me. Admitting that to God was very embarrassing, but it was cleansing. In my heart, I didn't believe that God could do anything about the messes all around me. Admitting that was embarrassing, but it was cleansing. He realised that though he had it in his theology that God could provide, he didn't really believe it. If he did, he would be praying more. You see, the man in Jesus' parable, <laughs> yes, he was convicted of his need, but just as importantly, he was confident that his friend could provide, that he had what he needed. That's why he kept on banging on the door at 1am in the morning. Friends, if, if we again identify with this one, um, we, need to, we need to take hold of the truth. We need to remind ourselves of some things about good. Number one, our God loves us. 
He loves us. He's on our side. It's no accident that in this parable, Jesus uh, makes the two men friends. They have a relationship. Nor is it an accident that Jesus taught his disciples to pray our Father, to address God as our Father. And that is a point that he rams home at the end of our passage when he talks about a good father providing for his children. Our God loves us. The second thing we need to remind ourselves of is that our God is able to provide. He's powerful to provide. The scriptures could be renamed the story of God's provision for his people. It's just full of times that he's come through for his people, whether it be Abraham and Isaac on the mountain, whether it be Moses and the people in the wilderness. It just goes on and on. And our story here at HT is also one of God's provision. God provided Rupert and Kat uh, 17 years ago, um, and he's kept providing since. Every year we've grown, every year we've faced more challenges as a family. God has provided, he's provided people, He's provided favour, he's provided direction, he's provided money, uh, he's provided his spirit. And we have seen God's blessing and his provision year on year. If we struggle uh, to pray because we don't think God will provide, we need, to, we need to deal with that. We need to remind ourselves of the truth. We need to look back at our story and we need to look back at God in the scriptures. Because we won't really persist in prayer until we learn to be confident that he can provide. And when it comes uh, to this topic of a vicar and asking God to provide a vicar, I really want to say we can't be complacent. Of course there is a good and robust recruitment process in place and we can be confident in that, but that's not where our ultimate confidence lies. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from God, our good Father. And so we need to be pressing in in prayer and asking him to provide. That's the second thing. We need to be confident God can provide. Thirdly and finally, we need to be assured of the need to ask. Assured of the need to ask. In the end, uh, the man in bed doesn't get up primarily uh, because he's moved by the plight of his friend, or even primarily because of their friendship, but mainly because the man won't stop hammering on the door. And this is Jesus's main point. And in case we miss that, he goes on to say it explicitly, doesn't he? He says, so I tell you, ask, seek, knock. Tom Wright, uh, commenting on this passage, says, there are all sorts of ways in which God isn't like a sleepy friend. But Jesus is focused on one point of comparison only. He is encouraging a kind of holy boldness, a sharp knocking on the door, an insistent asking, a search that refuses to give up. So many of us fall at this final hurdle. It's not enough to have a deep conviction of our need or of needs in the world around us. It's not enough that we are confident in our hearts that God can provide. 
Jesus tells us that we need to add to these things actual asking and keeping on asking. The Apostle James puts it in his rather characteristically blunt way. Sometimes you don't have because you haven't asked. I don't know why God places such an emphasis on asking, but he does. When it comes to faith, prayer is not so much, uh, um, uh, when it comes to prayer, faith is not so much a feeling as an act. It's the act of asking and continuing to ask. And here's what we need to know in our hearts. Some things will not happen. Some circumstances will not be changed. Some people might not be saved if we do not ask. Yes, God doesn't need our prayers. He's not paralyzed paralyzed without them. Yes, God knows what we need before we ask. Uh, Yes, he's completely free to do what he wants. And yet he has told us, he's told us that he waits He waits for our prayers and he hears and he responds and he acts when his people call on his name in faith. Karl Barth, the theologian, writes this. God does not act in the same way whether we pray or not. Prayer exerts an influence on God's action. Our God listens when we ask. I believe that God is calling us to press into prayer as individuals and as a church in this season. And I want to encourage us uh, to go away and think about how we can do this. And I want to end by suggesting a few really practical ways that we could take this challenge up um, if we feel God's been speaking to us on this topic this morning. First of all, if you would like to grow in your own personal prayer life. There's a few suggestions. First of all, get in contact. Uh, We can really help each other with this. It's always helpful to hear from other people um, uh, tips, uh, ways to learn and grow in prayer. If you'd like to chat to me or Ollie or Jana or a home group leader, just go for it. Just ask to chat. It's one of my favourite conversations to have. Number two, there's always good books to recommend. Uh, If you get in contact with me, I can recommend you a whole bunch of books Uh, that might be helpful depending on what you're looking for. Um, uh, So you could read a book to start with. Um, A third thing I want to offer um, is that I uh, have recorded another talk uh, to go alongside this talk um, on how very practically to use the Lord's Prayer as a pattern for prayer. Um, Over the years, I've talked many people through this. This is how I pray in the morning. Uh, 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 Many years ago, I I, I wrote this down and I've broken the Lord's Prayer into nine parts. It's a really practical guide. If you pray for three minutes on each part, that gets you to half an hour. And um, it's just a great and wholesome way to pray. Sometimes it's really helpful to just have these directions when you don't know what to pray. So I've recorded a little talk um, to, to walk you through that. Um, If you'd find that helpful, you can also find this resource as well. Um, And there's a Spotify playlist to have music, worship music alongside that if you'd like. So if you'd find that helpful, you can find the link to that video in the um, YouTube 
a video description below and on the website or you can get in contact with me. So that's a few ways you might uh, grow in your own personal prayer life. The other thing we can do is we can pray with others. And there's a numbers of, number of ways we can do that. First of all, I'd like to encourage you, if this is on your heart, why not think about joining our Wednesday evening prayer meeting? Um, th this prayer meeting has been a massive highlight of the last six months. Um, it's on Zoom on Wednesday evening. Um, Ollie Benyon, our associate vicar, uh, other associate vicar, leads that, and it's been great. And you can find uh, more details um, online and, and sign up there if you want. Um, but also, we can just find a friend to pray with. Maybe this is something you've done in the past and it, you've just fallen out of the habit of it, but sometimes it's just good to have one or two other people um, to pray with once a week, once a fortnight. And especially if we're finding it hard to persist in praying for one thing in particular, we can pray with them um, and be persistent with them and they can keep us accountable. And that's a great way to keep going in prayer. And then finally, on this topic of praying for a vicar, um, from the start of October, we're going to be beginning a new short weekly prayer meeting uh, specifically focused on asking God to provide us a godly vicar. Uh, the details haven't all been finalised yet, um, but it'll probably be 20 minutes on a Sunday afternoon by Zoom. And um, we're obviously going to be praying for this in many other contexts as well, but this one's going to be dedicated to this. And in many ways, it's not going to be a very flashy prayer meeting. Um, we're going to pray the same things every week. It's going to be a bit repetitive, but it's going to be important. Um, we know that we need a vicar. We know that God can provide one and we know that he's called us to ask. So we're going to come week on, week out and knock on the door. So if you'd like to join us for that, uh, look out for more details on the website. We'll send out an email. And also, I encourage you uh, to come to our Growing Together evening on the 28th of September. Um, there's going to be more details about both this prayer meeting and also um, our process of recruiting a vicar, um, which will help us all to pray. To finish, I believe God is calling us to be renewed in prayer in this season. Um, are we willing to take up um, that challenge? to ask God to give us his burden for prayer, to be confident um, that he can provide and to choose to ask and to ask together. Let me pray for us as we finish this morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you taught your disciples to pray and not only what to pray, but then you encouraged them. And as we've heard um, this morning, we pray that we would be encouraged. Would you be speaking to us? We pray that you would teach us to be people persistent in prayer. And as we do, we would see your amazing provision for us as individuals and as a family. Teach us, we pray, to pray, we pray. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, I'm going to finish there. And in a moment, Rob and Anna MacDonald are going to lead us in prayer.